0: Hello and welcome to the Reds Report. This is Barnsley FC's longest-running podcast sponsored by the Best of Barnsley, and we are proud to be part of the TalkSport network of fans. Um, Steve's left us for this evening. He's gone to the NEC. I told him he's too late for Crofts, but apparently there's some sort of home innovation show going off. Um. Enjoy yourself, Steve. Um, so we've we've upgraded him basically. We've not even part-text him, we've upgraded because with us this evening um is a Rob Staten from BBC Radio Sheffield.
1: Rob, thank you for joining us. Good evening. How are we doing? Yeah, good evening. Thanks, guys. Yeah, really good and uh, really appreciate the invite to talk about uh, what a what a great game that was the other night at Oakwell. Fantastic. Yeah,
0: and with us as always, he might be from the wrong side of the pennines, <laughs> but he is Bansley through and through. It's Ian from the Tiges Blog. Ian, how are you?
2: Very well, thank you. Off my uh, spell in Spain. Yeah. I didn't come back and curse us when we come back <laughs> after the winning run.
0: Yeah, the most difficult month for us this season was this month and you decided to go to Spain and, and miss most yeah. of it. miss hey. missed
2: three matches, yeah.
0: And, we, you know, once we knew Sheffield Wednesday we're still in the FA Cup and, and this match was obviously postponed. Uh, we've been looking forward to it, about the spectacle and everything and the run they were on and the run that Barnsley was on. Um, before we talk about the result and everything else, Rob, in your job, y- you've been all over looking at football matches. Am I might be biased? I think that's probably one of the best matches I've seen as an advert for League One football. People put their noses up at it, but I thought it was two teams that had blood, sweat, tears game plans, whatever else they needed, and what a spectacle that was.
1: Yeah, I think it had everything that you could ever ask for as a fan, and it's it's the most enjoyable game I've watched this season uh, by a long way. Both teams just gave absolutely everything. There were some good goals. It ebbed and flowed. It's that kind of game where you just couldn't take your eyes off it, and especially towards uh, the end of the first half where, you know, both teams, every time they went forward, they looked like they were going to score. So... It was a fantastic game, real drama, amazing atmosphere. You know, I always loved going to Oakwell on the big nights and I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10, I think both teams deserve immense credit. And it's just the kind of football that I want to watch. You know, I, I get there's probably a lot of people out there who will, and they're well within their eyes to do this, you know, sort of that lovely sort of Barcelona, Spain in the 2010s. They love to watch all that passing football you know the people who will spend endlessly talking about how brilliant Lionel Messi is. You know, give me a Yorkshire Derby on a Tuesday night with a bit of rain in the air in March, any day. And I just thought that was that was amazing. Yeah.
0: And and Ian, we, we couldn't have set it up any better just with the run of forms they were on. This wasn't like one normally these sort of ties are, you know, Barnsley is fighting relegation, they need a miracle, the other team is is in a 23-game unbeaten run. And, you know, I know it's Sheffield Wednesday, and I know at times we talk about, you know, that is a hell of a achievement, especially this season, because League One is a very, very strong league with some very big teams in there this season. So you have to give credit to them. They were hindered by a couple of injuries. And, and Barnsley, I suppose, had the, the luck, or whatever you want to call it, that Our starting eleven has been pretty settled, hasn't it, over these last few weeks. Going into the match then, before kick-off, were you confident, Ian? Because, you know... Like- Wednesday, it's probably the team that everybody's looking at or we're looking at at that time just because of the
2: run and the results they've been getting. Uh, Eternal optimist, as I said, uh, just about. It could have been anything, couldn't it? Was it 2008 last time we beat them at Oakwell? So I was like, well, it's got to be due, hasn't it? Um, And a bit bit like Rob was saying in terms of the, the advert for for league one quite a few of my mates who follow different teams in different leagues were watching it because it was on sky and i've been banging on all season about duff's barnsley and the way they play and some of the how they, the pressing etc and they watched it and afterwards they were messaging me saying it was a great game uh and it was it was it was a perfect advert uh for english football for league one and for both sides but it could it could have been anything couldn't it, it could have been um, I, I thought there would be goals, even though they were the two tightest defences, because I just thought neither side are going to sit up, sit and, and play for a draw. It was always going to be hammer and tong, wasn't it, I think? And mm. um, you
0: have to go you know, they, defence, and they always do. They, you know, they sold their allocation out. Uh, the Barnsley fans you know, answered a rallying call from the new board to, to go and get behind the team like they did against Derby, like they did against Plymouth and, and Portsmouth and everything else. Um, I've heard a couple of interviews, uh, Rob, that you've done. And the run that these two forms, uh, that these two teams are, are, are having at the moment, there is something about both managers, isn't it? I can't help but like Darryl more in, intensely. I, I really, really do. I think he's so honest. He's very, very open. Um, Michael Duff has been the answer to many fans' prayers. So, just a little bit about these managers. Um, there's a couple of players in the Barnsley side that played last season that you don't recognise him. I talked earlier about upgrading Steve. Michael Duff has upgraded some of our players because it's not 5 or 10%. They look different players. What is he like when you speak to him? Because we just see this humble, you know, and it is, well, you know, one game at a time and everything that he says. But even in the Sky interview afterwards, I don't know if was that you or was it, but, but, you know, it was like he comes over as so honest and so, I don't know, dedicated. Is that the word? What's your impression? What's your impression of him?
1: I just think he's absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I love listening to him speak. I think he's an amazing communicator. He he does have, he really mixes in the two kind of interviewing styles because, you know, you're talking about Darren Moore there. Darren Moore doesn't give very much away in his interviews. We'll always go back to the game at a time type stuff. You know, the, the stuff that you expect to hear from managers and that's fine. And, and Michael Duff dabbles in a bit of that, but he sort of does an answer like that. And then, and then every interview he has this answer where it ends up it's sort of emotive. It's passionate. He speaks in a way that fans—you can just imagine fans nodding along to when he speaks about the approach, of the players, or what they're doing behind the scenes. It kind of makes you want to throw on a red shirt and, and go out and play for him, just sort of listening to him. I think he has done as good a job as any manager in the football league this year. Because, and you guys will know it better than than I and, and anybody else listening to this, really, that Barnsley was kind of a club on its knees when it got relegated last year. They'd had. An awful season. They'd, they'd made two managerial appointments that didn't work. They were desperate. They needed a direction. They needed somebody who could just get their club by the, by the balls, really, and just sort of sort it out. Create a culture. Create an identity. And to do that in a matter of weeks, which is what's happened, because this isn't just the run that's happened now. You know, Barnsley have been playing well all year. To so sort of turn it around very, very quickly... When he was admitting it was a rebuild in the summer, I just—I think he's absolutely fantastic. I think he is a manager. If—if if, if anybody from the Barnsley board is list, happens to be listening to this, go and get a new contract. Go and extend his salary. Put on the in the small print that he can do whatever he wants. Ask for his advice on how the club should be managed from top to bottom. Give him any kind of power that he wants because he was basically in charge of everything at Cheltenham. If he wants that at Barnsley, give it to him. Try and find some money for him to spend in the summer, whether they're a championship club or a League One club, and do whatever it takes to keep him at Oakwell for the long term. Because he just screams to me a manager who one day is going to be in the Premier League. And hopefully that's with Barnsley. And there's no reason why it couldn't be because the Reds were in the playoffs just a couple of years ago. So it's, it's not ridiculous to think that that could happen. But just keep him. Because he's an absolute diamond of a manager, and you can just tell sometimes. I mean, blime it. we've interviewed a number of managers over the years in South Yorkshire, haven't we? Because the clubs keep changing them every year, and and we speak to so many. You just know when you've when you're interviewing a good one, and Michael Duff is absolutely top class.
0: Yeah, um, Ian, it's it's it, besides the uh, away match at Hillsborough early on the season. This is always the one that, that, that matters to the fans. And and in the sort of like the pre-match interviews, um, it's it's a bit what Rob said he's got this knack of saying things that just rally supporters. So he talks about how impressed he is and the quality that Wednesday have got in this 23 game on Baden run. But then he finishes it, wouldn't it be great to break that? Like and and as a fan. That That fires you up, does not it you, you want to get your coat on at three o'clock <clears throat> in the afternoon unless you're like me and you're working my light, but you know what i mean you, you <laughs> want you, you want to go don't you 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 you, you want to be part of that that's probably the side that's badly I've missed the most lately and i and I'm not you know the appointments were wrong, and the board probably recognized that, but there was a big divide wasn't there, between <laughs> the board, what happened on the pitch and the fans, and one appointment has mixed these three ingredients. And there's no wonder, really, isn't it, that they're doing well? Because if you have the right manager with the right players, the fans will come,
2: won't they? It feels yeah. different now being a Barnsley fan, doesn't it? It does. It feels different for me even like early on in the season, September, October, when the crowds weren't, were dipping under 10,000 and it was a bit eerie, shall we say. Um, but I think you can't beat getting bums on seats when you're playing good football. When, like Rob said, when you listen to him, I look forward to listening to his his press conferences. Like you said, for the Wednesday game, he was talking up the 23 unbeaten run. He said he'd done it at Burnley, knew exactly what it takes to do that. But then he was also saying, I don't need to talk, talk to our players about the magnitude of the game. or if it, They'll feel it when they get off the coach. They'll feel the buzz at, at the ground. They were his words. So every time he speaks, you listen. And I've said it all season, he's been by far our best signing, uh, without a doubt. And and, and fair play to De- Martin Devaney and Martin Patterson as well, because I think it, the whole backroom staff seem to be pulling in the right direction. You only have to look at some of the clips. That the club have put out since the game finished, like the little camera in the in the dugout, and or um, you know that show the togetherness. You, you, you look at like that fourth goal in went in, and then Harry Isted's run the full length of the pitch and dived in the Ponte end. You know these the subs have run on, Coles run. On, I'm surprised they're in, book in all. Um, and it just shows that that dressing room must be buzzing, that training ground must be buzzing, and he's generated that um, just by. He must be that type of man that can put an arm around a player. And get the best out of them sometimes he might need a rollicking sometimes it's just an arm rounder but he seems to get the right mix because not one of them not one of those players comes off after 60 70 minutes and spits the dummy out and not one of them players who comes on for 20 30 minutes then can't be bothered they all put a shift in and it um and i think that speaks for how he sets that standard and um, rob before we talk about the match itself just explain to me
0: there's Andy Giddings, um, there's, uh, there's Adam Oxley, there's yourself, are playing Sheffield Wednesday, two informed teams, South Yorkshire Derby, Tuesday night. How does that work? Is that like scissor paper stones until you've got two, or <laughs> is that somebody outranks somebody else? How, how do you decide who's like Wednesday are away? Is it Sunday at Forest Green? Is it like, uh, sorry, I'm washing the air, or like, I, you know, the, how, how does that work? Who decides who goes where?
1: Well, I wish I had some hair to watch. Maybe then I wouldn't be good at Forest Green on Sunday. Um, what 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 happens generally is we try and divvy it out as fairly as possible. So there are certain games like the South Yorkshire derbies that we try and uh, distribute them evenly. Um, and we have a meeting sort of once a month to divvy out, out the games. In this instance, Gids was off this week and it made it quite easy that me and Adam could go and do it but you know we have big dislike like Sheffield United getting to Wembley in the FA Cup semi-final you know it, it's on a it's looking like it's gonna be on a Saturday when there's everybody else is playing so there's gonna be uh, a difficult decision to be made there how many of us can go to Wembley is it one is it two is it three you know you don't know so that's difficult can I just say one last thing about Michael Duff though because I just ah, I love talking about Michael Duff I, I've really enjoyed sort of following him his sort of uh his leadership at Barnsley and you know I've always felt that Barnsley Football Club has got a unique connection to the town you know I live in Rotherham I'm from Rotherham I've, I've always lived in Rotherham apart from when I briefly lived in Canada and you know I don't think Rotherham fans will mind me saying I don't think there's the same connection between the town and the football club here that you find between Barnsley Football Club and the people of Barnsley. You know, there's. And when the football team's doing well, it's, it, there's, a, there's a real pride within the town in the football club and its achievements. And I think one thing that Michael Duff has done so well, and it's it's really underrated, and it's really easy to be a bit hand-fisted and get this wrong, and he's nailed it, is sort of just tapping into the culture of Barnsley folk and Barnsley football club, saying the kind of things that... Because he's not from Yorkshire, he's not from South Yorkshire, he's not from Barnsley, but... he's he's just bought into it all, hasn't he? You know, and he just... The thing like the Kez thing on Twitter, just doing little things like that, it just gets everybody going. And you just think, this is such an impressive job. And he's just got this subtle... like Just little things. Like, he don't go over the top when they beat Wednesday the other night and they're showing the clips of him celebrating. He doesn't go over the top, but he just looks so bloody determined while he's enjoying... And he's punching the air. And you just think, oh, you know... He's. he's, You can see why he's got those players going because he gets you going. As a journalist, as a fan, you think, yeah, this is brilliant. You know, and you kind of want someone like that to succeed. He is a very interesting manager to cover and follow. I want Barnsley to win promotion, obviously, because it's great for us to have Barnsley in the championship. I want all of our teams to be doing as well as possible. But I I extra especially want to see him succeed because I just think, It's great, and I just you know you'd love to see you know to interview him off the back of a promotion and and all of that comes with that. I think he's he has done an amazing job. There's really for me, there's him, there's Mikkel Arteta at Arsenal, and there's probably Paul Heckingbottom at Sheffield United who who were like the three I'd say are the three manager of the year contenders in English football. Arteta will probably win it just because it's the Premier League, but I tell you what, you know, Duff uh, and he he deserves a real shout for that because he's been fantastic.
0: He does. And I have to say, in the interview I did for, for Morecambe, I, I sort of said, I think especially up north, if you look at that north-south divide, in Barnsley, for a lot of people that go to Oakwell, you know, life is not great. We all work bloody hard, you know, for not a lot of money, with everything that's going off, with the energy crisis and cost of living and everything else. And we go to Oakwell at three o'clock on a Saturday or seven o'clock or whatever on a, on, a, on a Tuesday night, because that's our place of joy that is the one thing i know they've done the glass works and it looks lovely but i don't really go to the cinema so i'm not that bothered uh we've got a ben and jerry's which i suppose is really our last love prime mark but i don't go shopping it's so bad. so Barnsley for me is where i live and it's the football for me that is so if the football does well i feel better you go to work better you know what i mean and that's been disconnected. The last couple of appointments that look not because he's an English manager, but yeah. it just felt they came there to do a job. And there was a job on the pitch. And off the pitch, there wasn't really that much. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that he took them to the um, coal mining museum in, in, in Wakefield, like pre-season, if you want to know what maybe 60, 70% of those people that are there, on a, you know, their connection is, it's because they'll have either themselves or relatives will have done that job. And um the players it's 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 like Ian just said, even the lone players that have come in, I think we we, we can not, there's probably one player that said it's probably not worked out lone player, and you know that's fair enough, and out of the ones we brought in that's you know that's that's a decent percentage, isn't it but he it's it's not just about the football, I think he realizes the importance the football club is. To the people that, that live, and I mean, listen, I'm, I'm I know Brexit means Brexit, I had to reply to stay, but this I class this as my hometown, and um, it just feels right. The, the, the reshuffle of the board, bringing you know Jean Crine back in, I think has been a blessing because she'll know from Patrick's days what the football club should represent. We all want growth, we all might want to see something done with the West End and a better fan engagement and everything else. But we want to feel part of that. And for a long time it it there was a huge, a huge disconnect, but it's getting a lot better. And um, no more better than. So let's talk about the match um itself. I've not seen much of Wednesday because I'm a Barsley fan. Was that a typical Sheffield Wednesday performance, do you think, Rob? Um because you have to give them credit, you know, you're 2-0 down in 15 minutes to come back and dominate. it it
1: it, it, it takes balls, doesn't it? That t- tells you something about that team as well. It wasn't a typical Wednesday performance because, I mean, they've set a, a club record for clean sheets this year and they conceded four goals. So they've, they've, they've done a very good job actually of going to places like Fratton Park and and facing Portsmouth, who were very physical that day and tried to to, to create a bit of a battle and just finding a way to get the job done and, and getting out with a 1-0 win. And, you know, Barnsley didn't allow them to to do that. I mean, I thought it was really interesting.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? You reds? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: In that first 25 minutes, let's say, I thought Wednesday looked so panicked it was the first thing I said when I started my commentary stint in the first half was that Wednesday looked they that seeing ghosts like the pressing was so good that actually what was happening is defenders were playing the ball out to the midfield and even when there wasn't a press on the Wednesday players were like anticipating it and were I've got to get rid of this as quickly as possible and it was relentless the work rate and they just looked so frazzled you know, the goalkeeper made a, made a I don't think a bit of rush of blood to the head for the first goal. But then the second one, the defenders, because of the press, they, they don't know what to do with the possession. They've given it away. It's 2-0. And, but you know, Wednesday have not... It, it's hard to say whether that's typical Wednesday after that because they've never really had to come from 2-0. They've, lo- they've lost three games. I mean, they've lost four games now, and 50% of those losses are to Barnsley. So they've not... The, one of the other losses was to Plymouth. And one was against Peterborough about four games into the season when they had a man sent off after 20 minutes. So they're they're not used to being in that kind of a position. So I think you give them credit for coming back into it. They got it back to 2-2. It could have gone either way then. Uh, But you also got to credit Barnsley. Barnsley stuck in there when it was 2-2 and went again. And and when that chance come and like, look, it's, it's fortunate the way it fell to Waters. But how many times do you see... With so much at stake and in front of the crowd and the atmosphere, that shot gets snatched or it's it's not struck properly or whatever. And he executed it. And I just, well, I mean, I still can't believe it. Um, that you are three to up in a big game. It's a local derby. And in the six minute stoppage time, your center half's bombing on one-on-one with a keeper to make it 4-2. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't know what Michael Dust's reaction would have been if he hadn't scored. But he did. And that... You know, I kind of hope that moment goes down in folklore because it was—it's uh, incredible. I've never seen a centre half do that when they're defending a one-goal lead. In mm-hmm. that kind of, it, it reminded me like Tony. You remember like there was one game where Arsenal won the title, and all of a sudden Tony Adams was like running yeah, through. Yeah. They beat Everton or someone, and he smashed it in. That was at 2 0 up. You know, this was at three-two. You know, and Kitchen's running through. What on with the keeper? I'm, I'm doing the comms. I'm thinking, I had to like—I just had enough time to just check that's—that's that's the right number there. Yeah, it is it Kitchen? And like. <laughs> Just what a moment and uh, incredible! So look, I what a game, what a game that
0: was. We we might as well talk about Kitchen a little bit. Um, We were saying earlier when we Ian that I can't remember him having like a, a, a bad game. He seems to have just improved enormously under Michael under Michael Dove, and he does do these. He reminds me, I know. Imagine of a dog we once had. You know, when we took it <laughs> to training, it would never listen. It would always run off and bring a stick. And then you're like, "Oh, that's really clever." And he's one of them where he's probably been told, "Keep it tight, keep it tight," but then he goes on a run and he and he scored a yeah. couple of goals. I mean, um, it it reminded me a bit of Angus McDonald uh, when was it, whatever you know, when he when he scored in front to the pontian to make it to equalise. You know, quite a, quite a few years ago. And we can talk about a lot of bouncing players that you know are, um, are performing really really well, but. The defense, the three at the back, Kitchen, mm. Anderson, Bobby Thomas in on loan was almost thrown in. And um, it's it's probably one of the best back line for Barnett that I've seen in quite. A, we've always had one or two really good, but this is just a different level again, isn't it?
2: It is. And we were saying off oh, air, I mean, fair play to Kitchen. I thought he was a little bit thrown to um <clears throat> last season in, in the championship. Played in that side and it was just horrendous. And uh, he was one of the players who suffered with the confidence. But uh, this season, he's gone to another level. I know we've dropped down a division, but his all-round game now is superb. And we were, I was saying, wasn't I, against Wickham, a couple of times he appeared in their penalty area and the Wickham commentary were like, well, where's he come from? He's the centre-half. <laughs> they weren't expecting it. So he has got this form for, for kind of like, like I say, he's probably one of them like, Greyhound that just sees something in the distance and goes running after it. He's always good for a bit of a silly yellow, yellow card, but, I'm, but I can't fault his uh, his his passion. But that back three complements each other really well. We've always said Mads Mads Anderson was was the rock at the back, but I thought Bobby Thomas put his body on the, on the line massively on Tuesday night. And he's been a great acquisition. And I said to you, Carlo, I said, when Tom Edwards went back to Stoke injured in January, I was gutted because he was a cracking long bye. And he looked really good. I thought, we'll miss him. But they went and got Bobby Thomas and them three have gelled really well. And then with this dead, he's just walked into that side and looks like he's been here a couple of years in goal. Um, so, yeah, it is, a, it is a a a cracking back, back three at the minute.
0: It was built, Rob, as almost like the battle of the midfield. I mean, again, rivalry aside, if, if you're going to look at a team of the season, I think whatever team you support in the league one, well, I think Barry Bannon will be in probably, or deserves to be in 90 or 95%, because he is just that absolute class player. Um, Barnsley, no, Luke Connell, who's more like the, you know, the up-and-coming, you know, Herbie Kane, uh, a different Herbie Kane. Beginning of the season... We, Steve who's at the n a c wondering why there's no Duggar Crofts this year and um, he um he, he said that you know he earned a living of one good season at Doncaster he's definitely turned that around I mean you've commented on Barnsley for, for a while Rob herbie Kane looks a different player than he did last season and 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 you know what what did, what did you make of the midfield how did you see that going Barry Bannon's got that quality hasn't it but um Luca Connell for Barnsley, uh, a firm fan's favourite. You know, not afraid, not afraid to tackle. And um, was it won and lost in the midfield, or was it more the game plans that worked in in Barnsley's favour with that high press and, and forcing sort of like Wednesday on the back foot?
1: I think it was won and lost more in the case of the way that Barnsley started the game. They just, you know, they're pressing and they made life uncomfortable for Wednesday. They got two goals. And and then Wednesday always had to chase the game, and I, and I think Michael, what Michael Duff said at the end was was quite fitting, was that the the ages of the two teams was quite different, and we we mentioned this before we went on air um, for this from seven o'clock that when we got the team sheet you looked at Barnsley's bench and you thought there's three or four that you could see coming on there and having an impact, and you looked at Wednesday's bench and you thought I don't know which. Player he's going to bring on here Darren Moore and he, and Moore made one change and that and it was the only it was a predictable change to bring Dele Bashiru on. That's all he had. You know there was there was no options for Darren Moore and and Michael Duff had those young legs and obviously one of the strikers who's come on has scored and I think that's the it was the way that Barnsley started and then the impact players that came off the bench that won it. But I was I thought it was a great battle in midfield. I think the way that, I think Barnsley won the battle overall. I still think Bannon had a great game. You know, some of the passes and crosses and the long-range passing he did was great. Um, You know, I always enjoy watching Will Volk's, but I I do think Wednesday missed George Byers. And I don't know when he's going to be back. But I thought Barnsley won that battle. I thought the funny thing is, is the two players who I enjoyed the most, which is strange given that it was a a six-goal game, was in fact Kitchen. I I just like the way he plays. He's an aggressive player. You know, I like seeing aggression. And, and and full blood. I loved that at the Plymouth game where there was that sort of battle in the midfield and then he'd come flying in and that tackle at the end and everyone was chanting Yorkshire. You know, that, that made my season that, you know, that's the moment of the season for me. I loved every, I felt like chanting Yorkshire myself from the press box. Loved every second of that. And and that's just the way he plays. I like that. And the other player that was was for Wednesday, he was in the, you know, the opposite side of the pitch. I thought he had a good game and it, it was funny that they were the two players that I was most impressed with you know, and the defenders conceded six between them. But now midfield, good. And look, can we can we also have a mention for that save from Eyster? Yeah. I mean, that, that was an incredible passage of play where you've got, you know, people, the defenders throwing themselves into blocks. You've got two massive blocks. Then Bannon pulls out, a, you know, an inch-perfect cross. Smith did everything right with his header. And I still don't know how he's... I've watched that save back over and over again. It was... It, you don't see a ball headed as powerfully as that. I have no idea how he's... Usually that would go through a keeper. A keeper might get a touch to it. It might flick it over the bar or it might flick it in. It might come off the fingers and go in. But he actually got it miles away from it. He's like got such a powerful hand behind it. It's, it's, it's an it's a exceptional save. I mean, I, I don't know. It's League One football, but that's a world-class save from Eisted. You have to give credit for that. And there were just so many little moments like that that just made the game. You just, you were, you sat there and thought, this is, this is brilliant. There's how many games do you sit there and there's like nothing happening and you're bored and it's cold and you just want to finish, you know, get to half time, so go and have a ball And in this game, it was like, at half time, it was like, oh, I didn't want this to stop. It was just, there were just so many moments like that. So um, that's a, a long-winded way of saying that. I think the, the way that the Barnsley subs uh, impacted the game was key.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, question to you both then. Football match aside, uh, results aside, you know we go well. We don't go again this weekend, obviously Wednesday do. And um, Rob, I'll let you go first. And um, you know we're coming to the business end of the season. Football, because let's be honest, you know let's give let's give some credit. And um, you know the top two go up automatically. One makes it through the, the, the playoffs. Um, I think there's a good chance that both these teams will play in 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 that championship next season. I'll be honest, and you know. um I think Barnsley will go up, but it will be through the playoffs. And I think Wednesday will make that automatic playoff spot. How do you see it going? What, what, what you know? And, and I know it's it's a bit like Mystic Meg and what do you think? But you've seen Sheffield Wednesday throughout the season. You've seen Barnsley. I think it's clear enough we've got to tell them, but can they continue this to the business end and actually, you know, make it back the first time of asking? And do you think Wednesday can stay where they are or, you know, maybe t-
1: retake that top spot and go up automatic? So the thing that helps Wednesday is the games they've got coming up next. If they were playing, you know, the Ipswichers or the Derbys and people like that, I think they might be a bit of bother because these injuries are going to hurt. But they've got Forest Green on Sunday, then they play Cheltenham. They've got Lincoln at home, Oxford away, Accrington Stanley at home, Burton away and then Bristol Rovers and Exeter. Um, you know, their next hardest game, really, if you if you were being honest about it, it's probably the 29th of April against Shrewsbury that you'd sort of go, well, they could easily like drop points there. And look, that's not to say Wednesday are going to win all these games, but you know, they've been on a 23 game on beat and run because they've, they've kind of handled the business for the most part. So I think that will help Wednesday. And I, and I think they will win automatic promotion from the position they're in. Um, I think even though Plymouth are top... I, Ipswich have just been in such a good run of form that you you know that I'd be worried if I was Plymouth because Ipswich are the closest to them. I still think Barnsley can get in there. You know, Barnsley have pummeled uh, Plymouth and have now scored four against Sheffield Wednesday. You know how it's it's more than just a win. You know they didn't win both games one 0 You know on a penalty or an own goal. You know they've they've actually gone and took the game to these teams. I don't think there's any reason why Barnsley can't win. Uh, their game in hand to, to draw a level with Ipswich. And then it's and then it's a battle, isn't it? You know They'll both have a game in hand over Plymouth. I could see it coming right down to the wire. I think the one thing I will say is, I think if Wednesday drop into the playoffs, I'd worry for Wednesday because they've been up there for so long. It's the same with Sheffield United. If they drop into the playoffs, it will be a massive disappointment. And I could see them being the sort of favourites who get knocked out in the semis. Yeah. If Barnsley have to settle for the playoffs... I just think they'll be carrying so much momentum from what they've had in the second half of the season that I actually agree with you. I think, I think that would lead to promotion anyway. So my prediction is, I think, yes, both in the Championship, it's also what I want to happen, both in the Championship. I think it will happen, but I think perhaps I agree with you that maybe Barnsley will have to do it via the playoffs, but who, who doesn't enjoy a win at Wembley? Yeah.
0: And Ian, that that game we've got, that was going to be played on Saturday. I mean, you can have a discussion, should we have played Ipswich? While you're on this run, do you want to just continue and bring these big teams to Oakwell to try and get three or four goals past them? Because we did it to Plymouth, we did it, um, you know, we, we did it to Portsmouth, Wednesday, you know, Um, obviously it's not because of international call-ups that then turn out to be not international call-ups because one of them hasn't made the squad. It is what it is. Is that going to be key to see if Barnsley could maybe get automatic or have to, you know, maybe try and aim for the playoffs that game we've got coming up against Ipswich is that going to be the key one
2: Rob called it right when he said momentum and we have got the momentum and I think we've probably got enough of momentum to go to go on now and probably get automatic I think realistically if I was a betting man I'd probably say might just make the playoffs because we have a couple of tough games Um, and but like I said to your fair Carlo I said December, maybe even early January. If if I thought we'd stay in the playoffs, I thought we'd be sixth, fifth. And I always thought, if we had two games against Bolton or two games against Derby, I, I wouldn't like to have called it. I wouldn't have been me- mega confident. If we had a semi final, two games against Bolton or Ipswich or Derby, now especially with the atmosphere at Oakwell and the way we're playing, I wouldn't fear any of them. And I think um, the momentum would. Would go on and we'd go to, we'd, we'd go all the way through, I think, and win it. So even if we don't come in that top two, if we carry on the way we're playing, I certainly I wouldn't fear anybody in the playoffs now.
1: Well, oh, you're on mute, Carlo. Can I change my answer, by the way? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. Because I've had a look actually, and um, I, sh- I should have looked at this. I've just noticed that Barnsley are playing pretty much everybody that Sheffield Wednesday are playing. So I actually think if and and they're playing Ipswich on the on the twenty fifth, aren't they? So um, it's been a month's time. That's that's the game. I reckon that's going to end up being uh, automatic promotion decider. It's at Oakwell. Bring it on! What a night that's going to be! And I think Barnsley will win that game, and it'll be a Wednesday. Barnsley top two. That's what I'm going for.
0: And for football fans in South Yorkshire, you almost want to say you don't want Sheffield united to go up because then we'd have the whole of south yorkshire in one league which 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 would be amazing obviously excluding augusta but uh, you know it, it it is what it is Barnsley back in action tuesday night a lot of say, it's only Exeter. remember day came and within a minute we mm. were 1-0 up and and we ended up losing that match so i'm sure the game plan that he talks about and the focus that he, he's given to these players you know you, you have to look at that and and hope they can come away with uh, with another win um, away on the road and um, rob thank you very much not only for your insta but also for, for your honesty and just i just love um listen i love talking to Ian and steve but sometimes it's nice to bring somebody on with a bit of new energy bit of knowledge because steve would have talked he about it what they're the talking
2: game.
0: about <laughs> <laughs> <way> <laughs> uh, But no thank you very much um if um if it is a Wembley, is, is that going to be a, a difficult decision in the office? Because Gids will say, "I've worked here for thirty six years. I'm going." <laughs> and then Adam is like, "Yeah, but I was part time before I became full time." And you're saying, "I worked. I went and I went home, but I came back." Or is it just the whole three of you are going? Because you—that's the sort of match I suppose you want to be at, don't you? Whether that's be yeah. for Sheffield United, or whether that be for Barnsley.
1: Yeah, you know the Wembley days are always are always a bit special. Uh, if if it is to be a playoff final. Um, involving any of the teams, we will all we will all go to that and, and divvy out the roles. Um, so yeah, but uh, we'll all be there uh, if it if it if it needs to be that. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I get the final say, so I'll make the <laughs> whatever I want. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. No, I'm kidding about that. So nobody, we'll all we'll all be there, and um, and you know, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So it was the the last time Barnsley were at Wembley, and I was there. Um, I was. I did a three-hour show on Wembley Way and it went really smoothly into the last five minutes when a Millwall fan came bounded over and, and and dropped an F-bomb live on Radio Sheffield. And then as I was walking in, they decided to start throwing bottles uh, at anybody who, who looked like they were north of Watford Gap. So uh, I had to like run into the stadium after that. But, you know, the job was done on the pitch. So let's hope for a similar result if it ends up being
0: that yeah I, I, I just and I don't know what's it but it is the same feeling though isn't it can you remember the 2016 season where we went to Wembley twice and after Christmas it felt like you were happy to face anybody because there was that unity we had a really good manager and, and look what happened and it, it it feels you know the good days are coming back on the Ian
2: they are yes um and I think we're we we sort of peaking at the right time business end of the season 10 10 eleven games to go um and like Rob said, some, you see it in every league, don't you? There's a team that does really, really well, and then has a bad run, right, as a stinker right at the end of the season, and drops into the playoffs, and don't uh, don't get through. And then you get a team that come usually sometimes come from nowhere with a great run, getting the playoffs on the last game of the season, and go up. Um, if as long as we can hit, if it is going to be the playoffs, if we can be where we are pretty much now with that run, that momentum, free of injury, I think we'll I think we'll be fine. I really do.
0: Lots to look forward to. You've been listening to the Red Report. Thank you very much to uh, Rob Staten. Thank you very much, as always, to Ian from the Tiges Block. We'll be back next week talking about those valuable three points 3.1 away on the road in Exeter. Um, Steve should be back, unless he's still looking for Crofts. Nobody tell him that it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, sponsored by the Best of Barnsley and part of the TalkSport network of fans. You've been listening to the Red Report. Thank you.
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network.
0: The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming, Barnsley insight, analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Find
1: beatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans.
2: Search TalkSport Fan Network.